This is Ozarks at Large. There are thousands of people waiting for organ transplants, kidneys, lungs, hearts. And according to the Arkansas Regional Organ Recovery Agency, or Aurora, 20 people die each day waiting for an organ. Aurora estimates about 45% of Americans are registered to be organ donors. This year, there will be more than 21,000 operations in the country giving recipients a chance at a longer life because of organ donation. Last week, we met a recipient, Jeff Clarity, received a heart transplant 12 years ago. Jeff and his wife, Marita Clarity, came to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio to tell us about their experience waiting for, receiving, and recovering from a transplant. The Clarities are a team. That's evident when you talk to them. And for this journey, they had an even bigger team of relatives, medical professionals, friends, strangers throughout Northwest Arkansas, and a donor family. When they came to our studio last week, I asked Jeff what condition he had that had placed him on the waiting list for a new heart. Idiopathic cardiomyopathy, which um, <laughs> it's the way, the way I can understand it is that they don't know what. Mm-hmm. Idiopathic, they just don't know. It just was a bad heart. And I had had, um, didn't even know it. I was walking around and it had two to three heart attacks in the previous year uh, before my bypass that, um, and I didn't even know it. How long were you waiting for the... I got... Um, That's on the, another miracle. Yes. <laughs> I, we got on, I got on the transplant list November 12th, so we're coming up on that anniversary date, and transplanted 74 days later. And that's not normal. That is not normal. Uh, you know, and, and we hope and pray that it becomes more of a normal for folks that as people get more aware of, you know, donation and things such as that. Uh, but the sadness in that in our situation is that in a heart or a lung or something like that, it has to be a death of a loved one. And that's a very serious uh, contemplation uh, for the recipient to grasp and get their head around the fact that, you know, the almost like survivor remorse uh, but uh, yeah. but uh, I know that we do have a lot of car accidents and things such as that and we lose loved ones and, and with great compassion and empathy we, we understand that we've lost loved ones who were organ donors also yeah. in our own family but the idea that um, waiting for just that short period of time was it's not the norm it is not so yeah. but we were blessed what was it like? Do you get a phone call and says <laughs> that morning? Get up here. It, it's really that's what happens. Is you get a phone call. It was Sunday morning. I was in church. I was overwhelmed that day with the donor and their family. For some reason, I was just falling apart, um, thinking about the fact that someone would have to die for me to continue on or have this chance at this gift of life, and. So I just went in the back and just wept is what I did and contemplated and thought about it, but it was just overwhelming. So that afternoon after church, went home, took my nap like I normally do, and got a call at 2.45. Said, Jeff, we have a heart for you. And it was just, you know, and they give you all kinds of stuff to clean yourself with. Mm -hmm. Of course, our situation is we're three, four hours from Transplant Center in Kansas City, and so um, she's supposed to drive, and so I'm, I'm, I get myself all cleaned As up with this, you know, antibacterial stuff, and <clears throat> and then I say I've got to drive. I can't, you know. And 
we get a call from our transplant team on the way there to check to see how we're doing. And Jeff, are you driving? <laughs> yes, you cannot drive. Honestly, it calms me down yes. to drive. I can't sit, you know, so I, I, I drove and it was, it was fine. But Why do they not want you to drive? Being, well, number one, I had a heart condition oh, that sure, I could have right. just, right. you know, For other over any time. Yeah, yeah. That's right, because I had a defibrillator, um, yeah, defibrillator in, in that I had to put in, and, and my heart was just, it was, it was operating at 6 to 8% ejection oh. fraction, which normal is 65%. And it was steadily going down mm-hmm. over the over the time, and it was actually I was actually having medicine dripped into my heart to keep it pumping, mm-hmm. and it's like the doctor said when he did that. They said, "Now, Jeff, this is like uh, beating a dead horse. We can only do it so much, we can only and turn then it up so much, and we, then it doesn't work anymore. Won't it won't. Work. That medicine will not, you know. And I'd had no medical issues prior to heart conditions at all." So it was a, a life-changing, you know, shock to to have to go through all of that that kind of thing. Do you know much about the donor? Yes, yes, as we a do. matter of fact, the, not um, immediately after transplant. The I wrote letters to the donor family every six to eight weeks, just a thank you note. Which is it's very difficult. I get a lot of questions from a lot of recipients. Say, how do you write that letter? How do you write that letter? And the best advice that I, I can give them is to say, just say thank you. Yes. Because this event for them, every time, sorry, it's not a joyous event for them at all. It is. It brings grief. It doesn't matter. It brings some closure that you may their meet. organ would go to somebody to help save their life, but they don't have their loved one. Yes. And, and that will never, it, we can never bring them back. Uh, with the donation, but it does bring some closure. So writing them um, and thanking them mm-hmm. for w- what they did is is the, the best advice I can give. We did that for six to eight weeks for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the process from uh, the organ uh, organization is that you don't meet mm. the recipient family uh, uh or the donor family, uh, at least within that first year. And the yeah. first move is from the donor family. You can write letters and you give them to the organization or through the hospital process, and they'll get it to them. Uh, but And then vice versa back to us. But it's not, it's not something that, you know, they're all, you know, moving in that direction. It's absolutely in the hands of the donor family, whatever they're comfortable with. And you, and you don't know... You always associate what your family's doing and you transfer that to the donor family like that's what – they're like your family, but you have no idea. There could be – I mean, they could be on any spectrum, completely opposite of you. Um, and so you always assume that they are, but you don't know. So me, having to be very tactful, very kind, very loving, um, and that – patient. And patient. Um, so – we wrote two years after the first letter that I wrote, we get a letter back from the sister. And she had said that I don't think that my mom and dad will contact you. Will ever be able to. They, it's just, it's so just much too, too much. And we understood. 
thank you for writing. And, yes. and she said a few other things here, and we got to know her a little bit that way. And she said, I would love to meet you yes. all sometime. I just need some more the time. The sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. The sister. Sure. And so um, about a year later, mm-hmm. we get a letter from the mom. Yeah, Lavetta. Yes. And um, she just is saying thank you for writing. I have not been well. I have not uh, been able to process this. Um, So we put absolutely zero pressure on her at all. Just whatever we could do to be a blessing to her, to be an encouragement to her, to help her get through this time is what our position was. And so it went back and forth with letters for a while and um, then some emails. Um, and then um, one day on uh, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. we were driving to Salem Springs or somewhere, mm-hmm. and I get a phone call, and it's Lavetta, the mom. To hear her voice for the first, first time. It, and I had her number in, in my phone, but I, and it said Lavetta. I was like, so we pulled over on the side of the road because it's like, okay, what's going on here? And she said, I just, on this heart day, I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> and it was just such a joyous time. So we, we spoke about a lot of things. and She told us so much more about our son, Micah, mm-hmm. who he, is our heart donor. Yes, his name is Micah. Um, uh, and uh, so we, we got to know that he had his own company in Kansas City, a green, a green construction company. Mm-hmm. That, he um, was so involved in his community, and yes, they loved him so much. He was so 29 much. years old. Oh. Yes. He um, was youth director at uh, their church, mm-hmm. um, very involved in community. They had a kite festival mm-hmm. uh, every year in Topeka, Kansas. He recovered bicycles and yes. got them all repaired and up to shape and gave them, and to, gave them children to who didn't have bicycles. Children. It just, it was it's just incredible. an amazing, amazing story. <laughs> How his there, life touched so many people. There are a lot of things that... He was involved in that we found that that mirrored my life. <laughs> well, Jeff owned his own business, and he was a youth director at our church. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is unbeknownst to us, we but didn't. yet that familiarity, you know, connection. And so <clears throat> months went by, and years actually went by, and one day Lavetta said, I would like to, to meet you all. Um, and we said, okay, Lavetta, whatever works for you. Of course, yeah. So we did that probably four or five times, and at the very last moment, She's she like, said, I can't do it. Can't do it. it is like, That's okay, okay. not a problem. We scheduled and all that. Yes, ma'am. Well, on the, the sixth anniversary, six years, um, of my transplant, she called and said— And Micah's death And also. Micah's death. Oh, of course, right. Yes. Um, she called and said, I'd like to meet with y'all. I said, we will be there. So We were in Kansas City we were, for Jeff's uh, annual checkup, So and that's where— uh, Lavetta and their family <clears throat> resided and lived. So yeah, Lavetta and Vern, um, and then so um, so we stayed in the hotel. The hotel said, "Hey, we're going to give you a whole room. <laughs> you guys just have this whole room." Because we didn't know exactly, you know, it, one if it was going to happen, two yeah. what the response directly was going to be, and how and a reaction was going to so take place. So we went in the room. We were just sitting there waiting, and Lavetta calls. <laughs> And says, I'm driving around the hotel. I just can't. gone around three times. I just don't know if I can do it. And we told her, Lavetta, that's fine. Not a problem at all. It's whatever you need. So she eventually came in. Uh, Great. I mean, it's it's surreal. Um, 
We, you don't know what she looks like. She doesn't know what no. you look like. <laughs> no, none of that. Um, and so they, she came in, of course, immediately hugs. Yes. Um, we brought a thesoscope. Just in case. Just in case you know. she wanted to listen. But she's not a thesoscope kind, thesoscope kind of person. I just said, Levetta, just here. So she just put her head on my chest. Oh, my gosh. And, and Liz, yes, it was just, it, it was there, it, it seemed like forever. And it was wonderful. Well, she a said wonderful that experience. as they were letting Micah go when they had made the decision that she just laid on his chest and listened until the heart stopped beating. And then this was, for her, a very surreal thing of being able to hear Micah again. She, the last time I heard the, this heart was in, in the hospital <laughs> when I was saying bye to my son. We're going to spend some more time with Marita and Jeff Clarity just ahead on this edition of Ozarks at Large. It takes more than the unbelievable gift from a donor family and the skill of a vast medical team. It takes community. And we'll find out how that community came together for the Clarities in just a few minutes. This is Ozarks at Large. We're going to continue now our visit with the Clarities, Jeff and Marita, about Jeff's heart transplant story. He received a heart from a donor, 29-year-old Micah, almost 12 years ago. As we continue our conversation, we'll learn how friends and friends the Clarities hadn't met yet rallied in support. And we also learned that a big decision was made by a 14-year-old Micah that would change lives when he decided to become an organ donor. Marita Clarity picks up the story for us. They were having a career day at his school, and he called his mom and said, Mom, they've got a donor uh, table set up here for organs. Can I do that? She said, Micah, that's wonderful because their whole family is to give back to the community. That's the way he was raised with his mom and dad and such. So she said, yes, that's wonderful, Micah. I'll sign off on the consent. So the decision of a 14-year-old to save Jeff's life. Yes, he at 14, he made the decision to become an organ donor with approval of his parents. And at 29 is when I received it's hard. I was 47. So you think, okay, the decision that a 14-year-old would make, what, 15 years later, literally saved my life. When you were 32. I was 47. Knows, 47. But 32, 32 when yes. you signed. That's goodness exactly. knows what no. you were doing that no. day. No, exactly. No. You know, and, and making a life-changing, I mean. Decision. People that say that young people, <laughs> you know, are just young people and they get through life. I mean, I was youth director at our church. And. They're wonderful, wonderful, People, important, young, life-saving adults. <laughs> young adults. That and they we don't... make such decisions that mm-hmm. affect their life and so many other people's. Mm-hmm. So many times and it's we important don't, yeah. to reach out to those young people at that stage uh, for any aspect of their lives, not just organ donation, but any aspect of their lives. So. Yes. You're youth director at the church, so faith is important to you. Yes. 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 And I, I don't want to pry, but... Has that has has your faith strengthened since then? Has it changed? Yes, uh, yes it's it's it, of course. How, how could it not change? But the through this whole process, th- this woman's amazing because um, she <laughs> she um, just stayed strong, didn't have any guarantee, and this is something that the transplant team had commented to us about that. 
a lot of people go into this thinking, oh, I'm just going to get a transplant, going to go through and be fine. And there's lots of issues that come up. Um, we didn't go into it that way. We knew that I, I'm, every day is a gift. Mm-hmm. And when we were, I had, after my bypass in, in June, and we had to wait six months, and we found out that the, um, tra- the bypass didn't work, every day that um, I was going to sleep, wake up at night, we'd say goodnight to each other. And because she didn't know if I would even be alive the next morning. And that's where you put your faith in that, the creator and you trust him so that that's, that's the only way that you can survive is to know there's something bigger than Beyond just us. This, yes. it's, this is, there's got to be more than just us. Is there, is there a sense of responsibility afterward? I mean, mm-hmm. because this gift has been given and do you think and I'm not trying to be silly but oh I better not eat that third piece of bacon or or whatever that literally is in my mind every moment still to today almost 12, 12 years, years later, later there's an obligation to take care of care this, of this gift. gift that's literally and when we have the opportunity and the blessing to speak with other people waiting or who are recipients and such we will communicate along in, in the time that we have to speak with them, you know, that take care of it, be careful, you know, guard it. There's, for, for us, there's so much, and it's, it's so much, and I say responsibility, but I say that responsibility with joy. Mm-hmm. It's, not it's not a drudgery. It's, sure. it's a wonderful responsibility because for us, it crosses so many boundaries, uh, even in this community even. Um, not only do I want to take care of this heart for... Micah mm-hmm. and Lavetta and all the other people who are organ donors, but the community came out during this time, you know, that <laughs> in just unbelievable way that, again, I wouldn't have had the transplant had it not been for the Northwest Arkansas community and beyond. Yes. Because it's not an inexpensive no. it is very procedure I, or recovery. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Self-employed. And- had insurance, and I was usually very faithful about making sure I get the right kind. Um, but And I got some insurance, but it didn't cover any prescription medications. And that was the primary expense that the yes. team, the transplant team, was concerned with following it. They didn't want to give him the, the opportunity for life and then send him home not to be able to get the medicines because they're thousands and thousands of dollars a month, you know, mm-hmm. to maintain for the rest of his life. The first two years, you're looking at eight to 10000 a month just Medicines. for those medications and I had zero coverage so the transplant team the first time that it, they meet every two weeks they needed a nice long table and, I went, and they yeah, meet and talk about you, what can we do for this recipient and for their family Yeah, and I went through evaluation which is a huge process you know um, to see if he's psychologically healthy. everything see if I can even handle the wow. transplant so and then after that they meet Every two weeks, say, okay, here's a candidate. And um, they have to check everything. They check financial records. They check health, physical, emotional, and all these check-off lists. And when they check the health 
uh, check the finances and check the, the insurance and things that is that. You have social workers that are there with you as a patient or as a possible transplant recipient who is <clears throat> in their little notebooks and in their fields of expertise saying, can we change this? Can we uh, address this? Could we uh, 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 go and see if we're yeah. uh, qualified for this and things such as that? And all of those doors were shutting uh, for Jeff and yeah, I this, for the financial yes. uh, and uh, insurance aspects of Social things. workers were looking at every way that they could make it work and So it wasn't that they the just said, end. nope, check them off. It was just a matter of there was no other rock or avenue to turn over or search through. So we came back from evaluation, successful in evaluation that being evaluated for transplant. Yes, I'm a great candidate. Everything looks good. But the flip side was we had no prescription medication money. So they sent us home from that, and we were traveling from Kansas City, Missouri, back to Arkansas, and we had called and let our family know that Jeff made it through uh, 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 evaluation. evaluation good and everything. The problem, they've not negated him from doing it, but their concern is that we're not going to financially be able to support us. And like, they're not going to send me home to die. Right. Sure. For that first two yeah. years without the financial uh, uh, means to get the medicines. Yes. So they immediately hung up and put it out on the prayer chain and through the community and such. Unbeknownst to us how far reaching this was. And we get a phone call. From, on the way, we went a little bit yes. longer down the road. And then we get a phone call back at us. Yeah, we were in Joplin, coming from through Joplin. Channel 5. Hmm. And a 14-year-old little girl whose brother and sisters had been in our youth ministry. She, we had retired before she got to be in our youth ministry, and she was so disappointed because <laughs> Brother Jeff and Miss Murder were so much fun. And she just loved us, uh, and we loved her. We loved their family very much. And she had called them and said, I know this man, and he's wonderful. He deserves this, and we've got to do something. What can we do? And he said, I know what we can do. It was Mr. Uh, Robert Boyd from Channel 5, and he said, I know what we can do. So he called and said, I want to interview you guys and make the community aware of what's going on. Yeah, we were shocked. We were like, how did you, how did you know? find out about this? So We've he not gave us told her name anybody. and we just went, oh, my goodness. So Another 14-year-old, yes. by the way. <laughs> I noticed, yeah. So we went home, and on the way home, we stopped at Jeff's business, which at that time he had retired from it because of the chemicals and the scratches and stuff that could be done on his hands. And we stopped there, and they met us there and did the first interview. And Jeff and I are not frontline people. Uh, we really are. We love behind the scenes. We love to yeah. serve and do. And matter of fact, my first thought when we got the call is, I don't want to do. I don't want to be <laughs> front up front. I don't want to do this. This is not who we are. You but know. From that point, within a two week period, the community. Jeff had served our community for almost thirty years at that time, and it was a generational business. We had students who grew up to be mamas and daddies who are grandparents now and now their grandchildren are coming in to see us and some of them had been affected by the University of Arkansas and now had gone and graduated and lived in other parts of the world and they were commenting and contacting back and within a two-week period there was a hundred and fifty thousand dollars the first two weeks is, is right we needed a hundred and fifty Hundred and sixty thousand for the to first two years of medication. Make the medication quali qualification. So, within that two week period, between getting home and going back to meet with the team again in Kansas City, that money was raised yeah. by our community. 
And it was very humbling and still is to this day. And when Jeff says that we have a responsibility back to our community to say thank you again and again and again and to serve them, (laughs) that's what he means in that because when we went back, well, we didn't go back. We called them and told them we have the money. (laughs) And the team said to us, who are you people? Mm -hmm. And we said, we're nobody. This is our community that has reached out to us. And there's no words there's no I, amount of to this, money. Or, to this day, we see people on the streets. And that see, Jeff, that see, seen Some people think I passed away because <laughs> I've been out of the, you know, not on the TV and right. and not in the shop. And, and other people are just, you look good. You know, I, I'll be mowing the lawn on the side of the road. <laughs> can and, you do that, And Jeff? they say, can you do that? Should you not be in bed? <laughs> Things like that, you know. And it's, it's just every time we see somebody, and, you know, it doesn't matter what, Political affiliation, religious no. affiliation, where you stand on anything—it it just, you know, I, I dealt with all kinds of people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. and every single one of them um, came together in this yes. community and and poured out what they had to. Yes. They saw a need, yes. and we never asked. No, the, the thing is, is that I don't want to ask for any money we from anybody. Said, we need we money just told the story. Story that you know, and they all—I mean, just from. From preachers to bar owners, yeah. you know, JB Hunt to janitors uh, in it in school, just was it just it was unbelievable, believable. unbelievable, and it's so humbling, you know, and um, just so breathtaking, just to know, okay, and I see people around, and I know people that give, and and I just think every time I see them, I just I'm just so grateful. Jeff and Marita Clarity came to our studio last week to talk about their experiences with organ donation. The day we talked, one of their granddaughters was taking her driving test and told them she had decided to become an organ donor. The Clarities say they take every opportunity to spread the word about organ donation, a process they both say they understand is a personal choice. They also talk about how it can affect so many other people. As the Clarities talked about the community support they received, I couldn't help but think of the closing minutes of a pretty famous movie. Have you ever seen this movie called It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, have it in our collection. <laughs> so at the end, right, when George Bailey has come back home yeah. and there's the community, and it's they're literally giving literally. money. I mean, we, there's not a dry eye in our home when we watch that because that's our community. Yes, that just that, came that's forward. Ex- yes, we, that's exactly what we think of when we watch that movie, especially at the end. It's just like... Man, that's the Northwest Arkansas community right there. Right there. This is Ozarks at Large.